Welcome to an episode of Find Your Voice, a movement led by yours truly, Aaron Dew, a guy who has overcome crippling anxiety, adversity, and difficulty like so many of you in life, whose main goal now is to help you combat your excuses, take control of your life, write your own story, and most importantly, find your voice. So now, without further ado, I welcome the host of the show himself, Mr. Aaron Dew. What's going on people? Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Find Your Voice. My name is Aaron and as always, I am the host of the show. So I am extremely excited to bring my guest onto the show today because it's somebody who's going to be sharing a very, very sensitive subject and it's a subject that's going to relate to many people out there whether you're experiencing it yourself or whether it's one of your friends or family. Now the beautiful thing is not just the story and the person behind this story who is a fascinating character and doing incredible things in the world and really kind of found his own voice I suppose. It's how I actually met him. Now I'm a firm believer in trying to find positives in every situation that you're in because it's so easy to often exaggerate the problems and the obstacles that we're going through and I'd say in my career as a property investor my probably most stressful two or three months was when I met this individual and the only silver lining I had within those two or three months was my relationship with this individual now Nick managed to help me sell my nightmare house and he did it with brilliant customer service to the point that we actually built a rapport and Nick reached out recently and we kind of had conversations back and forth and I just thought his story is fantastic. It's also different to any of the other stories that we've had on this show. So hopefully you guys resonate with it. I am confident you're going to find his honesty and his courage commendable. So um, I'm going to leave it there and we're going to jump straight into this episode of Find Your Voice. Okay, so I'd just like to welcome Nick to the show today. So thank you, Nick, for coming on and sharing your story. How are you doing today? I'm great. Thanks for having me, Aaron. It's an absolute honour to uh, come and support you with this. Oh, you're very welcome. Thank you as well. So I think it's important before we start to obviously give the listeners a little bit of insight in relation to who Nick Hall is. So if you wouldn't mind, if you could just kind of give the listeners and myself actually uh, a little bit about yourself, how you progressed through life and kind of ended up where you are today. Yeah, of course. So um, just in terms of who I am and what I do, so... Background, uh, I suppose starting from sort of where I grew up. So mm-hmm. I've grown up in sort of a relatively middle class environment in, in a in, in a village, so to say, on the edge of Stoke-on-Trent. So just into the staff smallens. Um, and, and most recently, I'm working in telecoms and then I do some bits of business on the side. So I'll, I'll go back and talk to you about what I've done in detail to get me from there to where I am today. So. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the sort of environment that I grew up in, I would say, is very traditional. So, to your your, your standard Church of England school, where um, the lads play football and the girls play netball, um, and I I didn't do either of those. So um, I won't say I didn't fit in, but um, I didn't conform to the to the norm, so to say. Um, and then after school, um, I, I came out with relatively, I would say, average. I mean, I passed all my subjects at GCSE level, grade C or above, um, progressed on to, to college um, straight after school. And then 
absolutely hated it. Um, again, just didn't feel like I fitted in. So I, I took a year out and went and did some hard work for a year and worked in a supermarket and worked in their <laughs> right. produce department, um, lumbering sacks of potatoes around. And that actually taught me the, val- the value of the pound. Yeah, absolutely. And, I, and how hard you have to actually work to earn some money in the real world. So quite quickly realised that I, I wanted to go back to education and from there went and studied business studies at um, A-level and then went on to university. Um, I didn't actually move away when I went to university, stayed local at staffs, probably didn't have the, the confidence to, to go and live outside um, of the area. Um, and then after university, um, I got offered... I did the graduate scheme. I was still working for Morris Supermarkets at the time. Um, I did their grad scheme and got offered a role at their HQ in Bradford and didn't go for it because he didn't pay enough money, basically. <laughs> and then yeah. I got offered a, a job locally working for Phones View, which is owned by the John Cordwell, who I'm sure everyone in mm. business knows, a, a billionaire now. Um, and went in to work for this organization and there was something just magical about the culture um i went in as a trainee salesperson and they they taught me everything i know about sales and i've sort of progressed through telecoms in the sales environment done various roles at sales management head of sales um got extremely stressed doing a head of sales role under 30 um and decided that i wanted to take a bit of a step back and then i've I'm now working in one of the biggest telecoms providers in the UK. Fantastic. And I'm doing a a, a less um, a less senior role, but it, it sort of gives me the flexibility to do stuff outside of work as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I suppose that's coming on to what else to do as well. And outside of work, I'm, I'm really passionate about property. Mm-hmm. Um, stems from probably the first house that I bought, where the position that I was in was that, I, did, I was forced to didn't have the money to to buy a decent property, so I had to buy something that was run down, and then got the bug bug for sort of development and renovation from there. Um, done. I've done various properties now to the point where I am where um, I'm, I live in a, in a in a relatively decent house. Don't want to big myself up too much. Um, I've probably done about five. Um, refurbishments and uh, renovations that have enabled me to live in the property that I live in now and built up a nice little equity pot as well. Um, Last year, um, for the last year or two, I had an estate agent's business as well that I started up on the side. And the aim with that was to to hopefully get out of the, the nine to five job that I'm doing and again learn a massive lesson from that because i realized how hard you actually have to work to work to earn in, in in your own business absolutely yeah yeah and to be honest it wasn't easy and it wasn't going to be easy and i wasn't going to become a millionaire anytime soon or even overnight or anytime in the next few years from that so i had an opportunity to sell the business which i did do um at the end of last year and and have have come become career focused again this year i'm not going to say it's going to be a, a real long term strategy but i've i've just taken on a new role that gives me something to really get my teeth into and then 
the property thing will always bubble along the side. Fantastic. That's interesting because um, it was actually property where, where you and I actually met. And um, I could tell your sales experience obviously came in because you were able to sell what I consider my nightmare house, <laughs> which I couldn't get rid of. <laughs> and, and you sold it pretty quickly because, mate, that house caused me more stress than anything. Um, and in relation to your renovations as well, um, for anyone that's on Facebook, I've seen some of your um, your renovations, your, your kitchens especially, and they, they look absolutely fab. So uh, you've obviously got a knack for it there, something I wish I had when I first started <laughs> renovating myself. Um, I just want to touch on something. So you said you always kind of never thought you you fitted in. And you mentioned the whole stereotypical boys play football, the girls play netball. And then later on, you touched again that you didn't have the confidence to perhaps maybe move out of your university. Is there a particular reason in relation to that? Or was it just like anxiety? I mean, what was that? What was that feeling where you were saying you didn't feel you fitted in? Because I'm pretty sure there's people listening to this now who might have had that same situation. Yeah, I mean, looking back now, mm. I know that it was because I'm gay and mm-hmm. I obviously always knew that there was something different about me, mm. but I wasn't um, experienced, mature, um, I suppose they're the best ways to put it, and I, I wasn't experienced or mature enough to understand what that meant for me, so... I, I always knew that, I mean, don't get me wrong, I don't, I, I've not gone through life being an outcast or anything like that, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. I have, in those environments, always just sort of felt like I didn't feel like a 100% fitted in. Right, okay, just felt different, I suppose. Yeah. Mm, okay, that's interesting. And, and if you wouldn't mind if I just asked a little bit about that. Yeah, of course. I'm certain there's thousands of people out there who've probably gone through the same situation where you're thinking, why am I feeling different to perhaps what people would consider the uh, general consensus? What advice would you give to somebody like that? I mean, was it something that you were able to kind of come out with straight away or was it something that you kind of held in? No, I think you are, and and don't get me wrong, even in from our generation to today, Mm. I do believe times have changed a little bit. Mm -hmm. But, there's always a stereotype of which you are forced to live by or Absolutely. expected to live by. I won't say forced, I'll say expected to live by. Yeah. And I think that mentality comes to the front even more so in, in sort of small village environments. I think mm. in the area that I grew up in, it was a case of, as I said, the boys play football, the girls play netball. And there's kind of, if you didn't do either, you were kind of, oh, you you're a bit weird you are or mm-hmm. you're not conforming to the norm so I think if I'm just if there's anybody who's in that position and you feel like you don't fit in it, it, it's a bit cliche but don't be afraid to be different because mm-hmm. some people are born to stand out and you need to sort of you need to recognize that and stand up to it and do the things that give you the confidence to do that I love that I think um, I think you just hit a great note there don't be afraid to be different because even for myself and my experience, you grow up always trying to fit in. It's kind of like because you want to be part of the maybe the popular gang or just where it's safe, I suppose, because nobody wants to get bullied. Everyone wants to have relationships. Yet I find myself now as an adult trying almost not to fit in in terms of bringing my own authenticity to the marketplace, to my branding and everything else. So it's just funny how the world works. And I think I'm not sure if it's again, you mentioned like at that age your intelligence as a child and stuff is probably different to when you grow up and you realize 
what's actually important here and the most important thing for me and I'm sure, I'm sure you probably agree to some extent is uh, how we view ourselves and I think that's the most important thing yeah 100% and at that age you don't want to be picked out of the crowd mm. and, and at the point that we're in at life in life now it, it's almost that we don't necessarily want to stand out but I feel myself that it it's good to be different and to have your own personal brand and to be true to yourself who you are then that that gives you a sense of fulfillment I suppose is the best way to put it I think I think you're right mate it gives you authenticity as well and in a a world where everyone's trying to put this persona on of who they are or the day that they're living somebody who's just refreshingly themselves every single day whether it's good bad or whatever it is I just find that I just find that nice um, and I think the world would benefit more from people just not trying to put a mask on because I, I don't know if, about you, but I find it hard enough just trying to manage my own life rather than trying to be somebody else for the public. It's it's just an energy drain. So, uh, no, I appreciate that. Can I just ask one more question on that, if you wouldn't mind? Yeah, yeah, of course. So you, you've come from a small village. Now, I'm using my stereotypical background as well. So I'm I'm Indian and we come from a community where everyone knows everyone's business. So when you do something that, again, doesn't go with the norm. So, for example, if I use myself, I got married out of religion. Now, I'm not a religious person. Um, anyone that knows me knows I don't really follow religion. So when I did that, it was it was a massive, massive thing. Again, it was difficult. I had sleepless nights before. And again, it was more about what are people going to think and what it's going to bring to my family. Did you ever experience any sort of controversy or adversity in relation to you perhaps coming out or was your family and your community very supportive of yourself yeah I think the the worst part by far is the fear of Mm. coming out than the actual coming out itself yeah because for me I didn't really have to come out I didn't have to stand on a platform and announce it and I didn't feel that that was the right way for me to do it anyway it, that just it, that didn't happen for me it happened naturally okay I came to a point in my life where I was comfortable 100% comfortable with who I am and I, I had the confidence to be myself I love it and and what that meant was that pe- some people knew to be honest and and, and some people didn't know I lost friends over it. Some people just stopped talking to me. I think they call it ghosting nowadays. Wow. And it genuinely sat here today. It doesn't hurt me one bit because I know that it was just meant to be. Yeah, absolutely. And again, I just want to implore anyone who's listening who may be going through a situation, whether it is about their sexuality or whether it is about anything else, whether you consider yourself different to really kind of... <sighs> I, I suppose it's easier said than done as an adult, but really try and overcome that fear because you touched on something that the fear of it is actually worse than the actual experience itself. And I've had to overcome and do things that I've always been afraid of prior to the actual decision. And a bit like what you just said there is as soon as you make that decision, it's actually not as bad as you initially thought. So I'd always tell people if they can, you know, maybe adopt a Mel Robbins approach, which is kind of like she counts backwards from five, four, three, two, one, and then all of a sudden, boom whatever's in her heart that she wants to say she says it I think life's too short for us to kind of live in fear of judgment and other things I'm not sure if you agree with that a hundred percent and and I think that in terms of the people out there who might be feeling like that 
I genuinely would be happy to speak to anyone who who feels that they're in that situation mm. and and talk to them about my experience in more detail if if it helps them sort of progress towards where they want to be I'll, I'll be more than happy to do that that's fantastic Nick um, I'm sure they'll appreciate that and obviously at the end of the show we'll we'll put all your show notes um, and how they can contact you so prepare yourself mate uh, hopefully if the episode <laughs> goes well you're gonna get an influx of uh, direct messages but um, no I, I think somebody who's been through something they'll just be able to give so much better advice rather than just picking up a book or reading a post uh, online so thank you for uh, putting your hand out yeah and, and it is difficult because if you're in a position where you are afraid of of, of admitting something to the outside world then mm-hmm. some people will challenge you on it sometimes and they will offer to talk to you about it and you've got to be ready to talk yourself so mm. If if ever if ever somebody needs that ear, then I'd be more than happy to do that. Thank you, thank you, Nick. Brilliant. Okay, so I want to just switch the conversation just ever so slightly in relation to your work and stuff. So you've you've mastered homes under the hammer <laughs> a lot better yeah. than I have, um, and you've got yourself some sales experience. You're now in a new role, uh, which you're which you're thriving off. I'm just curious to know, and I'm always fascinated by people who are doing different things or people who I consider successful. And I consider success as a sort of, you're doing what you want to do for yourself. And it's basically you're making your own decisions in terms of moving forward and progressing on a daily basis. So if you could just kind of give us a day in the life of Nicole from, say, for instance, the moment you wake up, if you've got any particular habits or traits that you think maybe could help other people if they wanted to kind of replicate your success up until now. Yeah, I mean... I definitely don't consider myself hugely successful and it's an honour for you to even put me in that bracket. So just I, you I are, consider mate. You my are. day quite yeah. I consider my day quite normal to be honest. Okay. But I mean I'm definitely an early riser. I'm somebody who likes to get up early. Mm. I love to see the sunrise in the morning. Um not so much in the summer when it's rising at half three in the morning. <laughs> yeah. Definitely this time of year when the sun's rising at just before 7 a.m. And it's nice to just get up and go and sit in my kitchen. And I've got um, some great views and where we catch the sunrises. And just sit and have a cup of coffee and just reflect at that time in the morning. Um, and whether it be just catching up on the news, doing some banking, um, a- any sort of admin that's going to give me a great start to the day. I, I really do enjoy sort of having that foundation to the day. Mm-hmm. And then... Um, to be honest, after that point, I feel like I should be exercising. Um, I mo- moved house last August, and I've moved probably about 20 miles away from where I used to live, and I'm in a village, which is pretty much in the middle of nowhere. And right. The nearest gym is 14 miles away, so I'm struggling to find that motivation to exercise at the moment because I'm not, I'm not near a gym. I know I can actually go out and go and walk and, and run and things like that, but with the with the winter as it's been, I've not had the opportunity to do that. So a key thing for me that I want to focus on in, in, in this year is exercise and fitting that back into my routine because that would be great to do that at that point. Um, and then in terms of moving on from then, I mean, I, I generally just work, move into what is a pretty normal working day. So my day is made up of meetings pretty much all over the UK because I work for a multinational business mm-hmm. um, and I'm, I might be working from home or I could be in Edinburgh or London so I can have a day that starts at 5am where I've got to go and catch a flight or 
training, a daily training, or I can have a nice relaxed day where I'm, I'm getting up at sort of the time that I said, and then sitting in um, just doing my nine till five from the kitchen table. Mm-hmm. And if, if it is that I'm not actually working, then ideally for me, I'd be travelling. Okay. So a lot, a lot of um, miles on the clock then in terms of travelling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good job. Yeah. But, Do you listen to any audibles or podcasts or anything like that, or is it just literally music on the road? I'm a visual person, so for okay. me, I rather than I mean, I've I've always tried to read, and mm. I just find it so difficult to put my not put my time into it, but to sit and absorb a book. So I'm visual. So for me, I'm a documentary sort of person. Okay. I've watched probably every documentary going on Netflix on <laughs> on on every topic possible. So I I would if if there's something that I'm interested in, I find it far easier to watch a documentary on it rather than to read a book on it. Okay. That's interesting. Uh, I can't read myself to be honest. I use Audible for everything. Similar to yourself, I well I used to be on the road a lot, so for me it was kind of an opportunity I suppose to kind of kill two birds with one stone. I'd always listen to Audible books. Um, mm. I do need to get on the Netflix documentaries. I heard there's some uh, fascinating ones. But I just want to quickly touch on something there. So you, you've got some traits there. So the whole reflection and the early rising, that's quite common amongst people who t- are trying to do more in life. There is one thing I want to do a shameless plug on is uh, the exercise bit. So I'm a massive, massive advocate that we should always prioritize our health before everything. And when I say health, I don't just mean your physical health. I mean your mental health as well but yeah you've said something there and this is just my advice as a friend is the gym's far away well mate if you go on my youtube channel i have some videos which will tell you how to work out from the comfort of your own home so i want to see you doing those i want to see you doing star jumps in your next post yeah and as as i said mate that 100 percent is a target of mine for 2019 and i mean talking about mindset as well Mm. i find setting personal targets a great way to motivate myself i mean Mm -hmm. When I set up the business, I'd said at the beginning of the year, target for me this year is to set up a business alongside work, and that's mm. where the estate agents evolved from. Mm-hmm. Um, and then this this is my target for this year, to, to get back to fitness again. Fantastic. Just in relation to the business one, have you ever set up a business before, or was it you, you set yourself a target and then boom, you just went out and figured it out? Yeah, so literally, the, the estate agents are set up from mm. scratch. Um, I just... I came up with the concept, the branding, um, sat down with a graphic designer who brought it all to life for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I came up with a concept that was completely unique in the new, in the UK. No other estate agent in the country was doing it. And that was for the client to be able to choose the estate agent board that sits outside the property, the colour of it. Yeah. Um, and, and that was extremely successful. And it was a huge USP for the business and in a market that is so... Saturated. Yeah, exactly. So (laughs) saturated. It was a USP and something that stood me above a competition. It was something that I'd started online, didn't have an office, started out of the spare bedroom at my old property and and grew it to a position that it was a business that could be sold on. That's fascinating to me because you'll meet many people and if people just sit here today and think about the times in the last seven days where somebody's told them about a business idea or they want to do this or they want to become this and then actually see whether they go and follow that through it's very, very slim that those people do it. So for me, obviously I'm in business myself now. I find it very, very difficult. There's a lot there's a lot of cogs to it. And I think you touched on it earlier that in terms of making the same money that you make in your nine to five, there's a hell of a lot more hard work involved. So for you to be able to do that on the side, one, it kind of 
I always think if people have got an excuse, they haven't because if they listen to you now, you know, you're working full time and you set yourself up a successful business. Which, so I just find that really inspiring. Um, would you have any tips for anyone? Is it just literally Google it? Because I always say Google it. Everything's on Google. Get out there, network, speak to people. Is that kind of your best approach? Yeah, a hundred percent. I mean, definitely agree that everything's on Google now. You've just got to yeah. go out there and find it. Um, I mean, for me, there was something inside me telling me that I needed to do to do something to fulfil me over mm. and above what I was getting from my nine till five at the time. So I, I, I so I am quite a, um, a visual person, as I've said. So I sat and drew mind maps. I was like. What are the potential ideas for a business that 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 could give me what I want? So I I came up with the sort of events businesses. I came up with the estate agents. I came up with a recruitment business, and everything just brought me back to estate agency because of the passion that I've got on the side uh, property. through property. Mm. So from there, I just. I went and so what I wanted to do is understand what do you need to to do to set up a successful estate agent. So the first thing is I needed to get qualified as an estate agent. So I had to go and do the qualifications alongside work, set myself up as a director of a limited company and and just brought to life the, the concept that, that I'd come up with. Um, surround yourself with a successful team. And for me, that was having a really good graphic designer who could bring all the concepts to life. Um, and then the subcontractors who work for the business as well. So I was priding myself on photography particularly. So I went out and I found I found the best photographer in the local area. Had to pay more to do that. But when there was a buzz created about the business, the photography was one of the things that people were talking about. Fantastic. That's brilliant. I think um, there's a blueprint there, obviously, for people who may have something inside them which makes them want to maybe go out there and do a business. And you just touched on a point, which is something that I always tell everyone is surround yourself with a successful team because you can't do anything alone in this world especially if you're trying to get rid of your nine to five so I always try and do that I always try and I know it's a cliche but I always try and surround myself with people who are cleverer than me who have done more than me because that way it kind of forces me to grow it keeps me accountable as well and at the same time I'm learning as opposed to kind of being the cleverest in the room a hundred percent and I think the thing is is it massively surround yourself by people who motivate you to, mm, mm. to better the position that you're in and just just one point on what you were saying about the successful team is having the ability or the experience to to recognize that team and to be able to select the team as well because it's easy to go out there and for example get a photographer but without understanding their background and their experience and where they've been successful it's difficult to know whether to bring them into your team or not I think tradespeople is a perfect example and what we experienced with you on the property that I was having <laughs> for you yeah um, there's so many cowboys out there and so many people who are not performing as they should do mm. I think I think they're all just kind of playing the small game. So for me, it's, if I was a tradesman, and this is just my trail of thought, is if I'm going to work with someone, if worst case scenario that the project's going a little bit tits up, which they sometimes do, and it could be of through no fault of anybody's, I would still try and continue to over deliver because then you've got more chance of repeat business. And what I tend to see is people will happily exploit people for a quick dollar that that month or that week just to kind of maybe pay for their bills and so they can go drinking on the weekend, and then all of a sudden somebody's losing out there 
whether it's repeat business or whether it's the customer or something. And Yeah, and that reputation, so building a reputation, again, is another key element of it because if you go out and, and you rip someone off on day one, you're mm. never going to get to day 100. Absolutely, great point. Just on that note, actually, just before I shift gears a little bit, I have yeah. finally managed to find a good builder now and a good trades team and I've actually what I've actually done is similar to you don't let go of him mate I haven't so what I did is I set up a business and I became business partners with him because I was like listen I need to keep you here one because I trust you and your work's fantastic you can do this side of it and what I do is I use my whole branding and my project management experience to kind of get the clients in so we kind of work hand in hand but mate I've had to kiss so many bad frogs but yeah I'm not going to let go now. And in property, that that's the perfect mix. It's great for somebody like yourself who's got a huge amount of experience and in marketing um, to partner up with somebody who's got the skills and the experience on the technical side of it. Absolutely. Together, you've created that perfect team. Absolutely. I'm grateful now for where I am. I suppose I'm still grateful for all the lessons because if I hadn't have gone through what I did, I wouldn't be where I am today. At the same time, I wouldn't even be speaking to yourself. So, um, you know, everything happens for a reason. I'm a firm believer of that. Exactly. I mean, if I hadn't done what I'd done on the side and you hadn't done what you're doing, we, we would never have crossed paths in life. Absolutely, mate. So um, I'm grateful for all my experiences. It's obvious now then. So you've had a very uh, colourful life. Um, with loads of ups and downs and you've done quite a bit actually a little bit like myself I always think I've managed to cram so much in so quickly so um, yeah if you could tell us of a recent adversity that you've been through and then what's your approach when you're up against an obstacle how do you deal with it and what lessons have you learned from it yeah so in terms of adversity we've definitely already touched on it during Mm. this conversation and and for me it is the fact that that I'm gay and, and and that was a huge point for me in my life and and it's it's the most amount of adversity I've I've ever faced and I'll say that hands down. Um so it, it it's never easy for me to talk about this. Um but I genuinely believe that my life didn't start to come together until I admitted to myself who I really was. And and after that point I found the friends who I feel comfortable around and I found a partner and progressed financially. And that for me was was the point in life. So it, now I've got over that, I don't feel as though there's any adversity or if I do come across adversity, it just doesn't feel, it doesn't feel anything in comparison. Because you've kind of been through, I suppose, the biggest challenge of your life. Yeah, 100%. I mean, it's strange when I look back because it's like looking back at a different person and I was someone, I was trying to be someone who I wasn't at the end of the day. Um, So I take responsibility for that. But genuinely, I I think that society does play a part in that as well. Mm -hmm. Um, Absolutely. As I've said, we're supposed to act in a certain way. We're supposed to be a certain type of person and... I was made to feel that being gay was wrong um, and, and it made me feel less of a person to be honest and, it, and that's what drove me to not want to be that person. It's so sad isn't it how society and I, and I think it is it is a society problem that we can discriminate or prejudice against certain types of people or people who are different to ourselves and make them feel so bad because although you, you get groups and you get cliques and stuff nobody's really looking at the individual that you're segregating 
and what mm-hmm. effect it's having to them. And this is kind of something I learned in my um, when I went back to study social work as a master's, because my four of my siblings come from the care system. I've yeah. seen them be discriminated against in terms of they've they've come into our family. We've tried to put them in extracurricular activities. We tried to take them to football games and stuff. And when one's got autism and then one's got learning difficulties and one isn't displaying the level of intelligence that person should display at that age according to the school curriculum it's it's sad to see them just get put to the side or brushed off and it's it's something that i don't think there's a solution for right now but i think if we can create more awareness just just for people just to have a bit of compassion i suppose for for people and just think listen everyone's trying to do the best that they can in, in, in whatever moment they're they're in and nobody wants to feel like an outcast nobody wants to feel different we're all we've all got unique abilities within ourselves and we're all we've all got our own gift and i just wish the world could just be a bit more sympathetic towards each other to be honest 100 percent. and i think talking about it is is awareness in itself mm. and i mean that is something that i could carry with me and let affect me mentally i just don't i consider myself to be a strong person mentally and i just choose to not let it impact the rest of my life it's something that happened and it, it's something that I, I will not affect me for for the future and I think choose to make it a part of your strength because what you what you're going to do even just by sharing the story which I'm very grateful for you doing you're going to inspire and give other people the courage that listen it's okay it's okay do you know what I mean like Nick's doing fine now there's there's millions of other people doing fine now and it's not as bad as you probably think it is at this at this point in time. So um, yeah, I mean, I I don't want it to define me in life, and I don't think anyone should let it define them in life. Mm. I want my life to be defined my, by either a successful career or I've set up a successful business. I don't want it to be oh yeah, Nick Hall who's gay. I want it to be Nick Hall who's a great businessman or a great person. And um, I mean, I would judge you this is just myself just on the on the character and the person that you are similar to myself i i don't want to be judged as a particular thing I, it doesn't define you that's that's um that's probably the right way mate yeah exactly thank you so you've obviously then overcame your biggest fear now um and we've spoken about you coming out and realizing that you were gay and you you that's something now you're you're very comfortable with other than that what would be your next biggest fear then it could be anything. It could be spiders. It could be snakes. What else kind of scares you right now? Um, something that genuinely scares me is not being financially secure later in life. I think that our generation are in a strange position financially. I mean, our parents generally have or will retire on probably final salary pensions with a decent state pension at a relatively young age in terms of retirement to say young in inverted commas our generation we're going to need to work until we're 70 and we're going to have very very small pensions in comparison that worries me because I don't want to work until I'm 70 for a start and I don't want to live on 100 pounds a week so it's something that scares me massively but I use it to motivate me because for me, I want financial security because I want to enjoy my life effectively. 
Fantastic. Yeah, fair answer. I think I think we all need to need to be mindful of what we're doing for the future, which is one of the reasons actually that I got into property to create that kind of wealth in the future. So everything I've done, at least in my first few years of property, was for wealth creation. So I thought for a rainy day, I've got a, a portfolio of properties that will keep me ticking over. And now, obviously, now I'm trying to work on the whole cash flow element in order to kind of live the life that myself and my wife want to live so um, I think that's a good point and you actually just answered my next question I was going to ask you which was about motivation and I'm always eager to see what keeps people motivated so motivation for me is kind of like I see it like um, a hit of caffeine I think you have some caffeine you're on a high for a bit and then all of a sudden you can lose it so if we just alter that very slightly what kind of drives you maybe a little bit deeper like you what inspires you what makes you do the things that you do on the days where you don't feel like doing them i think weekends are um a a good example i mean it's easy to say what gets you out of bed from monday to friday yeah it's a paycheck yeah (laughs) yeah exactly so what gets me out of bed on a weekend and i mean for me at the moment, what's getting me out of bed at the weekend is working on this property that I'm currently living in. So I've got a list of jobs as long as my arm that if I don't get up on a Saturday morning and, and do them, then they're not going to happen or I'm going to have to pay tradespeople to come in and do them. So I'm enjoying doing a bit of painting at weekends at the moment. And, and obviously the motivation behind that is that that's going to invest in this property and, and eventually will increase its value. So it's probably financially um, motivated at the root of that. That's fantastic. Yeah, great answer, mate. Okay, so there we've heard it. The buzzer has just gone off and we are now at the fun part of the show. And this is a part where I put Nick through his paces and I ask him as many random questions as I can fit in over the next 60 seconds. So Nick, are you ready? I think so. (laughs) (laughs) You'll be fine, mate. Okay, we're going to start in three, two once what is your favorite documentary um at the moment the fire documentary that i've just watched on netflix about the fire festival that never was uh what did you eat for breakfast i haven't eaten any breakfast yet the ability to fly or be invisible fly definitely money or fame money your biggest achievement to date living in the house that i live in after starting off in a three-bedroom semi-detached house your favorite food curry netflix or youtube netflix your number one goal this year to get fit again with favorite tv show ever can I say a film? Yeah. Right, I'm going to say a film and one that I watched for the day, Lion. Would you rather know how you would die or when you would die? When, definitely. Love or money? Love. Books or movies? Movies. If you could sit with one person in the world for an hour, who would it be? Donald Trump. What is, <laughs> what is your biggest addiction? Sugar. Your favourite place in the world? Vegas. And finally, if you could abolish one thing in the world, what would it be? Terrorism. Fantastic. How did you find that? Yeah, good. Uh, in relation to the fire one, I just found that so fascinating, the way the guy was just the ultimate blagger. The thing is, though, is he could very easily have mm. pulled that off and he would still yeah. have been that nutcase that he is. That's, <laughs> that's so true. <laughs> that's so true. Fine. Okay, so um, we're almost at the end of the show. We've just got a couple of more questions left. My next one's on reflection. And we all know hindsight's a wonderful thing. It teaches us so many things, i.e. how we can get to places quicker easier or with less heartache at the same time I'm, I'm also a very very firm believer that the journey teaches us so much and i've got a real belief that everything happens for a reason so what i want to know is if you could go back in time to that one moment where you really struggled and suffered with adversity 
and just be able to whisper something in your ear, knowing what you know now, with all the lessons life has taught you, what would you tell yourself? I think we're inevitably going to go back to um, what we've, we've we've talked about quite a bit and uh, during the show, and that's the fact that I'm gay and obviously um, have been for a long time. So it, it it would be a case of me going back to the old me, so to mm. say, um, and and just give some reassurance and to even almost give him a glimpse into the future that actually no one cares. Absolutely. Well, they do care, but no one really gives a shit. No one worthwhile cares. Yeah. Mm. Mm. I love that, mate. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. And sadly, we are now at the last question. And um, the last question I always like to ask my guests is, if in 150 years' time, science fails to save us all, and all that is left is a book. And that book is a book about Nick. And it's about everything that Nick's done, all the fascinating, wonderful things. I want to know is, in this book, what would firstly the title be and secondly what would the summary at the back tell us about yourself i suppose a great title would be how to be true to yourself and the blurb would be about discovering the things that make you happy in life and what makes you tick and 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 living those in in your daily life Okay, good stuff. So just before I close the show, what I want to do is give you a chance to let the audience know where they can reach you and where they can contact you. And obviously then that will give the audience a chance to really maybe connect with you, whether it's in relation to property or you as a person or your business or sales or whatever it is really. And hopefully if they resonate with it, maybe you can potentially help them in some way. So what's the best places that people can find you? I would say Instagram is the best place to get in touch with me um, because it's so interactive. Um, so my Instagram uh, account is at Nick Hall underscore underscore, but I'll I'll let you put it on. Absolutely, I'll put it in the show notes. The notes as well, yeah. And uh, Facebook, LinkedIn, any of those or? Um, I'm on LinkedIn as well. Um, welcome to connect with me um it that's more geared towards my nine to five but of course welcome to get in touch with me on that okay and then facebook um i keep pretty private to be honest so i've not uh, at the moment i've just got um family and friends on there that's fine that's fine not a problem that's um brilliant i just want to say once again nick uh thank you so much for uh, your time and for you to share this story as well. I'm sure it's going to help many, many people. It's certainly given me more insight about yourself as well. I mean, we've known each other for a while now and uh, I feel yeah. like I know you a lot more. So I just want to say thank you to yourself and to the listeners at home. Thanks for listening. No, thanks for having me, Aaron. And remember, this podcast is absolutely free. So all we ask in return is for you to share this with a friend and drop us a five-star review over on iTunes. Have an awesome day.